why is it that we only make intentional efforts to value the people and things around us when we realize that there is an expiration date? My name is Rebecca and you're listening to the Socially Awkward Podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Rebecca and I'm here with my fellow hosts of the podcast, Emma and Kaylee. And we are going to take a trip down memory lane to back when we were younger. When I was younger. We're so we're gonna... We're the same age. Yeah. No, but like, I, don't, I don't know if you read the book when you were younger. Oh, okay. Did I you? grew up I in did. a Christian yeah. household. Yeah. You think I didn't read this book? Okay, fine. <laughs> so we're gonna do a deep dive, or as deep as we want to, or as shallow as we want to, into the short children's story, The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. Once there was a tree and she loved a little boy, and every day the boy would come and he would gather her leaves and make them into crowns and play king of the forest. He would climb up her trunk and swing from her branches and eat apples. And they would play hide-and-go-seek, and when he was tired, he would sleep in her shade. And the boy loved the tree very much. And the tree was happy, but time went by and the boy grew older, and the tree was often alone. Then one day the boy came to the tree and said, and the tree said, Oops, come boy, climb up my trunk and swing from my branches and eat apples and play in my shade and be happy. I am too big to climb and play, said the boy. I want to buy things and have fun. I want some money. I'm sorry, said the tree, but I have no money. I only have leaves and apples. Take my apples, boy, and sell them in the city. Then you will have money and you will be happy. And so the boy climbed up the tree and gathered her apples and carried them away. And the tree was happy, but the boy stayed away for a long time, and the tree was sad. And then one day the boy came back and the tree shook with joy and she said, Boy, come climb up my trunk and swing from my branches and be happy. I am too busy to climb trees, said the boy. I want a house to keep me warm, he said. I want a wife and I want children and so I need a house. Can you give me a house? I have no house, said the tree. The forest is my house, but you may cut off my branches and build a house. Then you will be happy. And so the boy cut off her branches and carried them away to build his house. And the tree was happy. But the boy stayed away for a long time. And when he came back, the tree was so happy she could barely speak. Come, boy, she whispered. Come and play. I am too old and too sad to play, said the boy. I want a boat that will take me far away from here. Can you give me a boat? Cut down my trunk and make a boat, said the tree. Then you can sail away and be happy. And so the boy cut down her trunk and made a boat and sailed away, and the tree was happy, but not really. And after a long time, the boy came back again. I am sorry, boy, said the tree, but I have nothing left to give you. My apples are gone. My teeth are too weak for apples, said the boy. My branches are gone, said the tree. You cannot swing on them. I am too old to swing on branches, said the boy. My trunk is gone, said the tree. You cannot climb. I'm too tired to climb, said the boy. I'm sorry, sighed the tree. I wish I could give you something, but I have nothing left. I'm just an old stump. I'm very sorry. I don't need much now, said the boy. Just a quiet place to sit and rest. I am very tired. Well, said the tree, straightening herself up as much as she could. Well, an old stump is good for sitting and resting. Come, boy, sit down. Sit down and rest. And the boy did, and the tree was happy. The end. As you have heard from the story, it's quite simple, right? It's about a relationship between like a tree and a boy. 
Um, but there has been a lot of different ways that the story has been interpreted, and it's also been described as like one of the most like divisive books in children's literature. And it's kind of funny because like it's a children's book, right? It's supposed to be simple, but no, it's not. Um, and many people are like talking about like the relationship between like the main characters, the tree and the boy, and whether it's healthy or not, and whether it's and like what what it's actually like supposed to like symbolize. What what are your thoughts on the start? I think I would have never expected it to be controversial. Like, just because I always kind of accepted it for what it is, and I didn't really think too hard about it. Mm. Um, but I mean, like, now that you mention it, yeah, it does make sense that it's not exactly a healthy relationship. But I think, as with all children's stories, you kind of have to contextualize. And because it's a children's story, you're using it not just to entertain, but as a teaching tool. Mm. So you have to draw examples and say, this is what is good, this is what is bad. And just because a both has, like, a both, a book has both <laughs> elements doesn't mean that you should be everything that the book is. Right, Because, right. like, there's a spectrum of things that you should and shouldn't do. Mm. And it's fiction. And it's fiction. Mm-hmm. I like that it's written in prose. I think that was very interesting. It's mm. very poetic. I think for me, because, like, I kind of grew up with, like, the story. Like, the first time I think I read it was, like, in public speaking group. Um, and it was, like, a Christian public speaking group. And then, like, once in a while, we'll, like, present this story as, like, a group thing. Because, like, I don't know, some people can be the tree, some people can be, like, the narrators, and they'll always be a boy. Um, and I think, like, most of the time it was just interpreted as, like, a, a kind of, like, unconditional love um, from the tree. But... At least, like, I know, and, like, some of, like, my other friends were like, mm, that's kind of weird, though. Like, the boy seems kind of selfish for just, like, taking everything. And then, like, the tree has nothing left. And, like, the tree is sad and everything, right? Um, and I feel like the story kind of... Like, the moral was never really, like, unpacked for us. Mm-hmm. We just, like, read it as it is. And no one really said, like, oh, maybe, like, like this is what we can learn from the tree. Um, and this is what we can learn from the boy, and this is what we should and should not do. Um, mm. But it was always just like, a, oh, it's just like a very sweet form of like, just like... It's just a story love. you didn't think too And it's just like it. a story, right? So I felt that in that sense, it was like lacking. And so it was like up to like my own interpretation. And as I grew up, like learning a little bit more about like interpersonal relationships and how, in a sense, this wasn't the best relationship because the tree kept giving. Um, but the boy okay not 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 that it was like the boy's fault but like he he kept taking and and the tree got like the most joy from like the boy's company but i guess in the story you can't really see like where the boy's joy is coming from mm. and obviously like the tree cared more for the boy than the boy cared for the tree yeah and that's very visible mm. i think kind of parallels to how humans treat nature and how we're always taking from it like, we just cut down trees to make your house in Minecraft or kill all the cows, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I was actually going to raise the point that Kaylee did. Like, there's a couple of different ways to interpret it. Mm. So, like, there's the unconditional love aspect, and then there's, like, the woohoo, hippie, like, we have impact on nature perspective. Yeah. And then there's the, hang on, maybe this love is actually not healthy and it's kind of toxic. Mm. Yeah. And also, like, another view is, like, a parent and a child's mm-hmm. relationship. 
um, which is a little bit harder to define. And, and in a sense, like, say if, if these two people were, like, equals. Okay, not, not equals, but, like, if, if, like, the tree was, like, you and the boy was me. That's not very, like, that's not very healthy. Yeah, that's like, yeah, yeah. Or, or in, like, a romantic relationship, right? It's not healthy at all. But in a parent-child relationship, it's a little bit different because the parent's role is there to provide for the child. And when the child is young, right, like, say, mm-hmm. like, you're minor and under, um, you're, you're also there to, like, receive. Mm-hmm. And then it slightly changes as, like, you grow older and, like, you enter, like, 1890 and after that you become like financially independent and like you are not dependent on your parents anymore mm. so in a sense like that line or like what is healthy and what's not and like in, in terms of like in the story context right like whether this was healthy or not is a bit blurred mm. so how how do you view it like if we were to interpret this in like a parent-child context what what are your thoughts I think it does work as a I mean a, mo- a part of it works as a parent-child context as a, as a parent-child relationship because when you have kids the kid doesn't do anything for you they're mm. not gonna give you back they're not gonna give back what they've taken like even when you give birth and like have the kid mm. it's like sucking all your nutrients out of you <laughs> and so and even once they grow up you could have like you could have a child that ranges from a child that really takes care of his parents when because they're, they're older who like gives them monthly allowance or whatever who is very selfish the kid. But, what does that mean? Uh, filial. Filial. Like, extremely, oh, like, okay. I respect you, I love you, I will take care of you. Hey, Chinese. <laughs> or you could have so, a, a kid like the boy who doesn't take care of or give back to the tree at all. So it's kind of, I guess it's kind of a gamble. I guess that's how you raise your kid, but yeah. Well, then one might argue, right, that the boy gave the tree joy. Right. Mm. But not all the time. But not all the time. But the tree eventually realized that she was not satisfied. Because there was parts where the tree was like, I'm happy or am I? Yeah. Because mm. it, it thought it was, but no. So, like, I think that is akin to a lot of parenting, too. Because it's like, at least, like, for mothers, they go through that postnatal kind of depression phase. And it can be really lonely from what I've heard from friends and like relatives Mm. and a lot of the return they feel as a parent is like watching a kid grow up Mm. like that's where they get the joy yeah but I think that's also like the nature of the relationship to a certain extent if you have accepted the responsibilities of being a parent I'm just making really general blanket statements here. So, but to an extent, if you have accepted the responsibilities of being a parent, loving and caring for your kids becomes your top priority. And, like, I think the sacrifice that the tree displays is not uncommon within that context. Mm. And I don't think you would say that the tree was wrong for that was the boy a little bit spoiled and entitled yeah but also do you know kids who aren't kind of spoiled and entitled to a certain extent (laughs) like it's hard to find somebody who isn't to an extent a little bit spoiled or a little bit entitled because i think Mm. we're all not perfect in our own ways like i know i can be a brat sometimes (laughs) and like it really just does matter i feel that as you grow older 
you become more aware of your actions yeah. and how they impact the world around you. I feel like that's what the boy didn't really learn. He yeah. didn't learn how his actions impacted the tree. Because yeah. like what you said with the kid and parent sort of parallel, as a child grows, they hopefully, <laughs> hopefully come to understand the sacrifices that their parents make yeah. for them. And maybe it's not really a sacrifice that they understand or not a sacrifice that they want, but it's still done from a place of love, ultimately. Yeah. Okay, I totally relate with, like, the seeing children grow up and getting joy from that. Like, as, like, a babysitter, like, I babysat these, like, two kids for, like, almost two years, just, like, consistently. And they they were the only kids that I babysat for those two years. And I'm still babysitting for them. And, like, seeing how he went from, like, a babbling baby to, like, a little kid that's just, like, going around doing everything. And, like, he knows how to make a maze. Like, a maze on paper. And I'm like, bro, I don't know how to do that. How are you doing this? (laughs) Like, it took me ten minutes to make a maze and he made this in five minutes? What? Like, you're four years old, okay? Stop growing up so fast. Um, and I really got the joy from that. Like, just seeing the milestones and then seeing how he's becoming, like, just, like, an individual person, mm. right? And that's just so beautiful to see. And I feel like in the story, like, one thing that's really lacking is, like, that growth, that maturity mm. from the boy, right? Like, you expect him to grow older and, like, become an adult and come back and care for the tree. Like, mm. just, like... I don't know, companionship, or just like, yeah, sure, mm-hmm. I'll settle for, like, an apple or two. Like, that's fine. In the fine. end, he did. I mean, he came back to, but like, sit. That was merely yeah, because no, but he had nothing else to it do. It was because he had nothing else to do. It was it his was, final yeah, option. I went, think, like, and yeah. I feel like that's really telling of, like, well, at least I personally feel, like, sometimes, like, I, I guess, like, in this stage of, like, our lives where, like, we're kind of growing up and we're thinking about, like, how to become independent people, um, from our families, right? And, like, in, in the story, the boy was like, I want a wife, I want a house, and I want children. Um, and, like, that's his own personal, like, goals, right? And yeah, I guess if you view, view it in, like, a parent context, like, that that's kind of, like, mo- that's most... That's what most people do when they, they grow up, right? Yeah. They, they have their own families, they live in their own space, and in a sense, like, they kind of just, like, are apart from, like, their family, their parents for a while. Um, and... I guess, like, many parents do feel like that empty nest. Like, like I have spent, like, my... my a good, like, what, 18 years investing into your life. Um, and then, like, suddenly you're gone. And, like, what purpose do I have anymore? Mm. Um, and then, in the end, like, the boy came back. Because, like, he was old. He had nothing left to, like, chase anymore. Mm. And he kind of came back to his parents. And I feel like that's also a very natural progression that people do... Not not so old to the point where like you're like sixty and your parents like are oh, like ninety. Like I, I, I guess <laughs> I guess that could happen, but I I feel like it kind of comes around and then like the appropriate thing would be to like take care of your parents and like you know make sure that they're okay or just like be with them. So in a sense, I feel like it's very realistic because. It may not necessarily be like immaturity that like the boy didn't take care of like the tree or like give something to the tree. But he was just very intent on like developing his own life that he kinda of just like not he was just like not with the tree anymore. He kinda of brushed the tree to the side. Yeah. So okay, you were saying about the filial 
Piety. Piety. Yeah. Before I interrupted you. No, I finished. <laughs> my bad. Well. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, but I think filial piety is, is an interesting thing to, like, think about. Of like, course, sometimes it's not good because you're kind of forced to do those things, not out of love or anything, but... Mm. Yeah. It, it's... Like, I think in general, like, respecting your parents and, like, wanting to take care of them is great. But that also, like, I feel like you need to have, like, a good relationship with your parents as well. Like, I, love shouldn't be, like, forced. Like, mm-hmm. I force you to love me, but you love me because of who I am. Mm-hmm. And and not because of what I can do for you or, like, all things. Um, but just, like, loving me. And then that filial piety is just that natural response. Yeah, not not natural, like, but just some just out of like love and like sincerity. But then it kind of begs of a deeper question: like, what is love? Is love responsibility? <laughs> and mm. can love be all of those things at once? And can it be more of one thing in a certain season? Wait, what do you mean by all of those things? Like what are like, those things that you the responsibility, mm. the filial piety, the to a certain set, to a certain level, the obligation. Like I agree that love shouldn't just be a result of emotional obligation. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But when the going gets tough, to a certain extent, it is obligation. I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I sometimes. mean, it. it I do, do you want to expand on sometimes? Because uh, my answer is also sometimes. I, I think it depends. Like. Because, like, we're speaking in very general terms, right? Yeah. Like, if the going gets tough, or, like, what actually love is. Um, and, like, well, I think it's something that can come naturally to people in certain settings, especially when you feel comfortable and you, um, like, and, and things are going well. Mm. Sometimes it's also a very deliberate choice on mm. days where we don't, where we're not, like, feeling it. And mm. I'm not saying, like, in, like, the toxic sense, like, oh, like, you're in, like, a really bad relationship and, like, yeah. the, the relationship... If you're being abused, toxic. like, please leave. Yeah. <laughs> please don't stay in the relationship. Like, some days, I just, like, wake up and I'm really cranky and, like, I feel like screaming at everyone, okay? <laughs> yeah. And, like, I mean, that's... That's like, natural. People get bad days. <laughs> yeah, there are bad days. Like, sometimes I just wake up really cross and it takes, like, a deliberate, um... What's it called? Decision to be, like, hey, thanks for making the meal. Yeah. And, like, if that is the way that, like, my mom feels love, like, thanking her for the meal, mm. then, like, yeah, that's something that I want to do, right? Even though I may not Then that's like you, it. like, taking responsibility. Right. But, like, I feel, like, blindly, um, I guess the very, like, forced down your throat filial piety in, like, a very societal context mm. can be quite damaging, especially for people with um, a strained relationship with, like, yeah. their family. Mm. Because you're not... I feel like you're not any less of, like, a good... You're not... You don't become a bad person just because, like, you don't have a good relationship with your parents or you don't, like, send your parents, like, an allowance every month. Because not everyone can afford yeah. that, mm-hmm. right? Um, and at the same time, also, like, just thinking about, like, the way that we view, like, parenting and everything. Because I feel like some... Well, at least, like, in, in some... I, I don't want to generalize, but at the same time, I have to generalize. Because, like... You can't I mean, go into specific for everything. Yeah, but like I feel like sometimes um, some people may view like um, having kids as like a oh like I'm having kids so like when I'm old like someone can take care of me, but at the same time like kids shouldn't be like your yeah that shouldn't investment be plan. your mm. yeah because then you grow up 
you that's my shoulder <laughs> you raise these kids to become people that you want them to be um and I, I well, well it's good to have like some sort of directed like parenting I feel like just like gra- grappling with the fact that these people are gonna become individuals mm. um and being okay with that is something that some people are not okay with and that's where like the toxic filial piety like comes in and these people are like you have to like send me money I raised you and I fed fed you you every single day I put a roof over your head and this is how you treat me and then the kid's like but I didn't ask to be born yeah Yeah. and the thing is like when you get a situation like that where the parent has that sort of cultural expectation Mm. and the reality is, like, the child will never fully be what you want them, them to be. Yeah. I, was, I was like, it to be? <laughs> but, like, the child will never really fully be what you want them to be. Yeah. So, it's hard because you have that expectation And sometimes the child. expectation's, like, from a good place. Like, you want them to become a good person. Yeah, you want them to be a good person. You want them to, like, have financial security, whatever. Okay, fine. But living up to the expectation that the parents set versus, like, what the child wants. Because, like, at the end of the day, it's also about really letting go of control, right? Right. This is an individual who is gonna have their own personality. Like, I keep fish. My fish have personalities. Can you imagine (laughs) how awful it would be if I had a kid? Like, (laughs) what? Oh. What? 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 No, like, doesn't mean, like... No, like, okay, wait, I don't know what that jump was. What was that jump? Like, if, wait, what's wait, happening so, to your fish that no, okay, so would be if bad if you a had a fish, kid? If a fish can have a personality, and, like, it's such a small animal, uh-huh. right? Yeah. How much more of a personality could a child have? <laughs> that you can negatively affect That you could, like, negatively affect. Oh, are you negatively affecting a fish? I hope not. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Keep that energy. Like, like as much as I can, it's like it's so scary because like I'm playing God, but it's like its life is in your hands. Its life is in it's my depending head. on you. Fully dependent on me because I take it care of like, the water. For its food. It's stuck there. If I stop feeding it, That's it. Game over. <laughs> same thing with children. No, same thing I with mean... kids. But kids can escape. It's a fish in a tank. It can't escape. Yeah. yeah. If it jumps out of the tank, it's like a goner. Mm-hmm. That's how, like, my dad's fish died. Like, the last one that he had, I think. Is it? Or maybe, like, one of the fish. Like, the, the arowana, like, jumped out of the tank and died. That's an expensive fish to have died. I don't understand. Yeah. And, like, Scary. technically, maybe I, I am the giving tree. But, like, <laughs> but, like, my fish don't demand anything do of me. What do your fish give you? They give me, they give me joy, Happiness. but they also don't complain about anything. Do they sit? Do they steal your? They allowance? can't complain because you can't complain. understand them. Maybe language. they've been complaining the whole time. <laughs> They're just like sending. I hate little- this water. <laughs> she ain't feeding us enough. What is this? <gasps> this food is too salty. <laughs> Change the view, Emma. Oh, I hate the surroundings. No. But, like, I, I realized like they got traumatized hours. over Chinese New Year. Why? Because my little cousins came over oh. and they would like come and like disturb my fish. <gasps> oh. And the furniture was being moved around and my fish didn't like that. Mm. So the ones in my big tank have been hiding a lot more since Chinese New Year. Because initially they would like swim out in the open a lot more. Mm. But 
now they're more concentrated towards the plants or towards the surface where there's more cover. Right. They're gossiping about you. No, I think it's trauma. Yeah, so they're like, they're going to fishy, Time for fish therapy. Fish therapy. <laughs> they're doing group therapy. <laughs> yeah, and like, one of them, like, okay, well, hmm. Actually, there's a couple of factors, because over Chinese year, one of my fish also died. Nope. Oh. But it was because <laughs> they had, like... She killed our friend. Environment and death trauma. Not good. Not a good file combination. A complaint. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in my defense, it was, like, a parasitical disease that I really couldn't have stopped. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, it's like skinny fish disease. Apparently, it's a thing. That's but like even the worse. Like, imagine it's like die. Like imagine your family member dying from like a no, and it was just terrible disease. Skinny human disease. That's like so traumatic. Yeah, yeah. I really feel for you. The healthcare should be better here, but she doesn't provide healthcare, does she? Well, at least it's free. It's free after. It's not free for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like my birth, they take up a lot of my allowance. I'm just feeling. Like, no, so like that's the thing. If you have a pet, it's responsibility that you take on. But in return, you get that joy. Mm. But the boy is not a pet. Yeah, yeah. And actually, isn't even the tree's responsibility to be giving him anything? Yeah, and it's not even the tree's responsibility. She chooses to do it because she loves him. Yeah. Okay. From She's the not. boy's perspective, he doesn't. Does he know the tree loves him, or does he just go to the tree? I feel like he takes it for granted. But that's also because the like, author didn't, like, write much about the boy's emotions. To him, is the tree just a tree, or is it, like, a tree with feelings? Like, <laughs> I feel like, well, like, the way the How book is written also. Tree? That's a good question. That's something that we can unpack right now. Let's go. <laughs> Jinx. I feel like the way, like, the boy is written, it leaves a lot to, like, interpretation because like you know like that she was happy but not really um and then the boy well the boy just took stuff so in a sense like because we are able to like know we know the tree's emotions we're able to empathize with her and i mean like i feel like when i was a kid i was like oh yeah the tree's sad oh the tree's happy like and, and then everyone's like the boy the boy bad but yeah then again like how does how do you think that the boy like what are the different ways that the boy could have like saw the tree he does speak to the tree like he's been talking to an inanimate object so i guess he he knows it's a... within the story he does okay what if the it? boy's actually crazy and he's it's just like he wrote this book like this is what maybe the tree I'm like I'm maybe <laughs> justifying maybe my use of the tree yeah <laughs> it's a really it's a little too close to home <laughs> but um yeah no what if I'm I'm about to wax philosophical. Go. What if nothing okay. is real? Like what it's if nothing a fictional is real? Story. What no, I know it's a fictional story, but <laughs> within their universe, what if none of it was real? Oh, no. What if the boy was imagining it the whole time, his relationship with the tree? Because we the book is written for it's us to giving, sympathize with the tree. It's giving me like an escape from reality. Yeah. yeah. No, like, like when he was young, maybe he didn't have any friends. <laughs> and then when he grew no, up, he was, he like, working drink. so hard. Yeah, no, you look things. at the boy, right? He's working to get money. He's working to get a nice house so that he can get a wife, get kids. But where are his wife and kids after? Think, yeah. Like, what if none of it existed and he just keeps on trying to reach the next step 
in order to feel like he's been accomplished in life. And the tree is like the only place where he can really express this. Like, because actually, like, the more I think about it, the more I feel bad for the boy. Yeah. Because he's just chasing all of these, like, worldly standards while neglecting his happiness. He thinks that getting everything that society says is what you want is what's going to make him happy. But maybe it's not. You know, that's okay. But at the same time, I feel like, to a certain extent, those things make you happy. Like, yeah, like, money can't buy you happiness, but money can buy you, like... But it's like, I'd rather be poor in a BMW than poor, like... Like, have you not seen that? A sad. I- I'd rather be, like, sad in my private jet. Yeah, it's like, I'd rather be sad in my private jet than, like... Sad in McDonald's. Like, sad in, Well, you can be both sad in private are jet. Both depressing. <laughs> no, yeah, but, like, like, in a sense, like, money can buy you, like, experiences. It can buy you, like, opportunities. Mm-hmm. Which I think most people can find happiness out of. Um, so, like, if, like, the happiness was, like, companionship, then, yeah. Like, in, in a sense... Yeah. I mean, it's up to you to determine, like, what you're, like, what you are happy. Because, like, it feels like at the end, right, the boy realizes that companionship is really what he was searching for the entire time. Yeah. But he realized it too Too late. late. So, yeah. So he just took a really depressing turn. He sees the tree as companionship. But while he didn't know that, he was killing the tree yeah mm. he, he took the leaves I mean like yeah like a tree needs leaves to he survive needs, he needs his photosynthesis yeah. but like in winter they can survive with like not as many leaves I guess I don't but know it's not winter works. forever it's not winter forever yeah it's but he leaves. took the tree he took the leaves at like a as like and then probably he took the branches not, yeah and then it, and then he cut the whole tree down at that point the tree's just dead yeah mm. but somehow the tree can still talk so Yes, I don't think it's really realistic. It's just like the tree is there as a presence. But it's a, it, it's like a fictional story. It's not supposed to be realistic. We're just uh. analyzing this. <laughs> no, but like I I think like the whole perspective like from the boy like it's a very I I feel like it there's some sort of like truth and reality that many of us can like relate with. You know, mm. like chasing like what the world tells you is good for you, which there may be truth to a certain extent, because like, that's what society is built on, okay? Um, but at the same time, also like recognizing that at the end of the day, like relationships and connecting with others is really what, or at least I personally think that that's what really matters. That interpersonal like connection that you can have with someone is something that money can't buy. Mm. It's something that you can't just like one day work for. Mm. Um, him realizing that way too late is such a shame. But at the same time, many of us realize it way too late. Mm. Because we get so caught up in... The hustle and bustle. Yeah. And, and just trying to like live life. And then when we are done chasing whatever, we realize... Oh, all the stuff that we've missed out on, and by then it may be too late. I may not! <laughs> I may not, but it may be too late. But, so. like, the reality is, for a lot of people, it is too late. Yeah. And, like, circling back to, like, relationships with parents, like, sometimes... Yeah, yeah sometimes, why do we only value people when they're old? Yeah, we do. What? Like, at least for the communities that I grew up in, people would, because it's, like, partly expatriate, right? Mm. The reason people go back to their home country isn't for anything aside from my parents are getting old. That's why we came back, actually. Oh. Mm. 
Yeah, so it's like... It's not value, though. It's just like because you're not you're less able to take care of yourself and want to be there. Yeah, so it's like... But why were we not doing that? I mean, like, obviously it's the well-being of the people around you has always mattered. Mm. Uh-huh. But, like, that's why me and my family came back, too. Like, that was part of the reason. But also it's like... <coughs> Obviously, there's going to be more reasons than just my parents are getting old. But I feel like as grandparents or whoever it is age, you suddenly realize that you're operating on a very tight timeline. Yeah. And you try to shove all of the lost time into a very short span. Yeah. And, like, the point that I'm going with this is that... And I'm bad at it, too. I'll be the first person to say, like, I'm a huge hypocrite when it comes to this because I'm not great at making time for the people around me. But why is it that we only make intentional efforts to value the people and things around us when we realize that there is an expiration date? I think just, like, the... Maybe it's, like, me and, like, my personality and, like, deadlines. And, like, well, when deadlines come, like, suddenly you have to, like, do a crap ton of stuff. Um, but I think... Procrastinating one. <laughs> I think just, like, being... I just, like, hyper-aware, especially, like, when they are so, like, more old, right? Mm-hmm. It's, like, just being so aware that... I, I mean, even when you're young, you could go, like, anytime. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're becoming more aware of that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's, like... When you are so... When it's just, like, right at your doorstep, you feel like you have to, like, just be there. Yeah, no, but that makes it even worse. Because knowing that somebody could go at any time... Yeah, and not being And not having had that experience that a lot of people, or some people, Mm -hmm. typically try to shove into, like, the last five to six years of a person's life... Mm. You can't make up for that lost time in between. So you're saying, like, we should have just been there with them the whole time? It's maybe not been there physically, because I know it's hard to be there physically. But making time to have conversations, phone calls, sending postcards, all of these things, like, build a relationship Mm, in more ways than we can imagine and often for the people who are left behind Mm. it means a lot to know that you're remembered the people who are left behind like the people both both ways who are left behind and who leave it means a lot to know that you're remembered like I don't know your friends in China do you keep in touch with them? no (laughs) well uh, so like when we moved we had four days so Mm -hmm. the last three days we no the last four days and the last day we left but like the last three days we were doing sleepovers and just staying at their house because so my parents could pack while we were like not underfoot mm-hmm. so and I was just kind of thinking like why can't we just have sleepovers all the time like every weekend that would be a great idea right yeah but uh, I don't think it would be a great idea because then you just get like too comfortable and like with your siblings it's different than with your friends because, like, with my brother, we piss each other off really easily. <laughs> and I, I think that that might happen if I was with some of my friends for so long mm. and so much time. And also all the energy. Like, it takes energy to talk to people and be around people. Mm. So, yeah, it's understandable why sometimes you wouldn't want to 
always be around those you love all the time. Mm. But it does make sense to make an effort, not just when you know that they're going to be taken away from you. Yeah. So that's like, you eloquently expressed what I was trying to get at. So, like, I think you, like, processed it for me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was going to say, like, I feel it's a very, like, it's a whole, like, circle, right? It's like, because you're talking about, like, three different, I guess you could assume three different generations mm-hmm. and like everyone's circle from like l- like start of life to like end of life is different right mm-hmm. like people mature at like different times that's why like your it's like your parents take care of their parents and then you in turn take care of your parents and your grandparents as much as possible mm-hmm. but you would be taking care of your parents more than you would your grandparents yeah. right mm-hmm. and when they circle back it's like you kind of start out like needing a lot of care and then there's, like, a huge chunk in your life where, like, you'll mainly, like, be independent. And then when you can't, you're, you're kind of growing old and you become a little bit more dependent on others. And during the time where, like, you depend a lot more on others, like, there are going to be people that you're... They're going to be taking care of you, right? So say, like, when you're a baby, your parents take care of you, and then they grow old, and then they, in turn, kind of depend on either you or whoever else, right? Um... And so it's very like intense. Like the like you've got to be there for them. You've got to like provide for them. And like in terms of like the connection is gonna be like so much more. So it kind of makes sense that during that um the later years in like their life and like you being more intentional about taking care of them, like makes sense because they need the care. And you may find yourself getting closer to them during that point of time in your life. And that doesn't mean that the times that you weren't close with them was, like, wasted. Mm. Um, and it's great if, like, you can be at that consistency where you guys have been always close despite, like, distance or whatever. And then it's not just, like, crammed into, like, the last, mm. I don't know, like, 10 years of, like, their life when you take care of them. Mm. But... I feel like it happens very often just because of, like, their relationship dynamic. Mm. And that it's okay, but at the same time, just, like, being very aware that, yeah, like, any one of us could be gone at any moment. We have to cherish, like, the current time that we have with them and be very intentional during that time as well so that you don't regret it because many people do. Um, And, yeah, so basically what I'm trying to say is that I feel like it's it's very natural for Mm -hmm. that to happen and it's kind of, like, expected especially if like you're in that dynamic Mm. yeah i think like the reason i say this is because like i have friends who have had family members or parents parents are family members i don't know why i said that (laughs) who are (laughs) who are taken away suddenly from sickness or accident and it's not things that you can control or expect but Mm. there is that sense of gosh why didn't I make that last phone call yeah, when yeah. I had that extra 15 minutes? Mm. Why didn't I drive down to see him that weekend? Why didn't I... And you just get caught up in all of these, like, what-ifs and mm. all of this regret and guilt for not making time for them sooner. So I think, like, maybe it's... Oh, no, I'm getting all sentimental. Yeah. But, like, recently I've been catching up or trying to make an effort to reconnect with, like, a lot more old friends. Mm-hmm. And I realize, like, there is value in these old friendships because while 
you are not as close as you used to be, and the nature of the friendship has changed. There is because you have that history, you do trust each other a lot more naturally, mm. and I think it's nice to know that you're remembered by people, even if it was just for a season in life, mm. and. I think what partly also makes these relationships special is the intentionality. It's like, hey, I thought about you a couple of weeks ago. Right. Like, I wondered how you're doing. But I guess my case is we should be doing that more for the people who are around us that we don't really think about super intentionally. Like, we think because we're around a being around a person all the time does not equate quality time. Yeah. 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 So, I think that's my point. Being around a person all the time does not equate equal, like, uh, does not equate quality time. And we should be looking to spend more quality time rather than quantity. Because while quantity does matter to a certain extent, Quantity does not always equate quality. Mm -hmm. Like what you were saying about you and your brother. Like you really get on... You. <laughs> what Kaylee was saying about you and your brother. Like you guys from time to time, you get on each other's nerves. And spend you really, too much time together. <laughs> yeah, because you spend so much time t together, you know what the triggers are and you trigger each other easily. Mm. It's like sibling dynamic. Yeah. But at the same time, just because you're around each other all the time does not mean that the time you spend together is good time. Yeah, because there's a lot of bad times. Because there's a lot of bad times. So it just, it just normal. It's means, not a bad thing. Yeah, it just means that you have to make a more intentional effort to have the good time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And I feel like, at least for me, like sometimes quantity can help with quality. Because like, mm. I'm someone that, like it really helps to spend time with like people for me to like get to know them and like feel comfortable around them. Like if I don't, like, it took me, like, two years to, like, warm up to, like, my church mates. And that's a very long time. Like, yeah. I, I, I felt comfortable, Apparently. like, when we were into our third year in the church. <laughs> um, so, like, it, it, in terms of, like, quantity, like, that helped, mm. right? Just, like, being there. But I think, I mean, like, no one really knows how exactly best to, like, navigate living with someone all the time. Mm. Especially when these people have, like, so different personalities from you and you didn't, like... And there is no best way. And you didn't choose to, like, live with them. Yeah. Family is, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, like, you didn't choose, like, your family members. And, like, while your friends, like, you choose your friends. Like, your friends may be people who are like you, people who you are comfortable around. And, and that's great, right? Um, but I think we just fail to recognize how much learning there is um, and intentionality in, like, family relationships because, like, you guys were once strangers, if, if you think about it. Yeah. Like, my baby is a stranger. What? My sibling is a stranger? Like, I don't know you, this kid. You, you, we you, are all strangers. We are all strangers, kids. right? Um, and having to see them, like, all the time and being in their space all the time and having to live with them and their different habits can be really tough. Um, and it's really like a learn-as-you-go kind of thing. Mm. And you can, you really have to like just put an effort and, and keep trying. I guess the, the idea is to just keep trying. Yeah. Try to be aware at least. Because mm. I feel like the boy had just had no idea what he was doing. Because mm. to him it was just a tree. I'm just taking the tree so I, I can get what I want. 
that he had he no like self awareness or that he was hurting the tree. I mean, of course he cut down a tree. You think you'd kill the tree, but he he just kept going, I guess. So, mm. and also the tree. I feel like she could have said boundaries. Yeah, mm. she could have said no, or like I don't know, get like the bunnies to chase him away or something. <laughs> I don't know. The birds attack. He's stealing my branches. And and most of the time it's really hard to be aware because we are looking like if the story was through the lens of like tree, it would have been a certain way. If the the story was through the lens of the boy, it was it would have been a certain way. But because it's like a third person perspective, we're able to see like the dynamic. But when you're inside and you are and you're talking to someone or this like your relationship with someone, it's very hard to see from the third person perspective. It's very hard to think outside of yourself. And just like, view it as objectively as you can. Yeah. So mm-hmm. communicate your needs to within your relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The tree could have done better by communicating that she was not happy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So there it is. We've got three very, not very, three slightly differing perspectives on the giving tree, giving us all at the end of the day an existential crisis. Let us know <laughs> if you agree, disagree. Um, what your thoughts are. What your thoughts are, because. I'm sure there are more perspectives that can be explored, but we only have so much time and we know that everybody has lots of things to do. So yeah, thank you for spending this time with us. We hope that it got you thinking or if not, gave you some background noise. <laughs> we know how podcasts work. We know. It's honestly really yeah. nice just to listen to the background sometimes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed this background noise and maybe took something away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See you next we'll time. See you next time. And that's a wrap on today's episode of the Socially Awkward Podcast. We release episodes on the first Saturday of each month on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. If you liked today's episode, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at the.sociallyawkwardpodcast. See you next time!